Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, here with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey. Hey, and we are on episode 123. This is number two in our new series, Things I Wish I Would Have Known When I Started Following Jesus. Now, last week we started our first episode. It's called It's Okay to Be a Baby Christian. Yeah, so we kicked it off like we were trying to talk through here. And this is Steph's first uh, series we've done with Mm -hmm. her as the host. Um, What we're trying to talk through is things that we wish somebody would have told us or we would have known. Um, when we first started following Jesus. So we kicked off the first one with, it's okay to be a baby Christian. So we were just talking through the fact that somebody, like you need to hear if you're a new follower of Christ, that it's okay to be new at this. It's okay not to know everything, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's okay to be where you're at. Like that's the big thought was, we wish somebody would have told us it's okay to be where we're at, right? That was the big thought. And then today, number two, like Stephanie said, what is it, Steph? The Bible is not easy to read. Yeah, so I, we wish somebody would have told us that the Bible is not easy to read. Um, like, when I first became a Christian, um, and, you know, introduced to Christianity as a kid, so you got people reading you Bible stories when you're a kid, right? And you got your kid's Bible and stuff like that, If you yeah. were if you were part of the church when you were a child. You know, it's cool. It's fascinating, right? Like all them kids, all them stories in the kids' Bibles are really cool, right? But when I first actually became a Christ follower on my own and started reading the Bible, um, I didn't know, nobody gave me any guidance on how and where to read the Bible. Right. So I just started like most people do. And I've talked to a lot of people who are new in their faith, and this is what they do. You start off at the beginning. Right. And so you, you know, open it like it's a book. Right. And so you start <laughs> yeah. off in the beginning. And so you just like page one and you go to Genesis and the and beginning of Genesis is cool. You know, it's got God making stuff and creation happening and you got the Adam and Eve, and the sin thing and all this stuff. And you get Cain, you get Abel, you get all this stuff going on there and you roll in and you got Noah and you got all this stuff happening. And then you get to, you know, Exodus and that's cool. Right. There's a lot of cool stuff happening yeah. and you're reading through and then you hit Leviticus. And it's like game over on your Bible study. <laughs> you know, like you're like, what in the world am I reading? This doesn't make any sense. And if and, and nobody ever gets through it. Like I remember not getting through Leviticus as a young Christ follower. I mean, I even that was that was me as a young Christ follower, like a yeah. young person. I remember I remember even getting serious about my faith as a teen and going back again and starting off at the beginning and not being able to get through, you know, Leviticus, like getting stuck again. And, and nobody ever told me. And I was around, I mean, I, I had a pastor, I had, you know, my parents. Nobody ever said, like, <laughs> reading the Bible's hard. You know what I mean? Like, nobody ever said, uh, don't read it like that. You know what I mean? Like, nobody mm-hmm. ever said it's not chronological like that. You know, like, it's not like a regular book. You know, nobody ever said anything. So I remember getting through Leviticus again in the teen years and going, the Bible's not for me. Like, yeah. I love Jesus and stuff, but I'm just gonna have to listen to sermons and you know, and this was before the internet and all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm just gonna have to do whatever because you get to Leviticus and it's like, what in the world am I reading? And it's one of those things where I wish somebody would have told me that reading the Bible is not easy to do. 
you know, and so we'd be awesome if somebody would have said in the beginning, "Hey, look, don't don't start in the beginning. Like, don't start right ready from straight from the front. Yeah, and don't." And it's not in chronological order. And so here's a chronological way you could look at it. And, and hey, start start with the Gospels. Like when I talk to somebody about reading the Bible first, I tell them, hey, look, the where, you can read anything in the Bible. You should read it all. I'm not saying you leave anything out. I'm not discrediting the Old Testament or anything like that, right? I actually love the Old Testament. Um, but to a new Christian in Christ, somebody needs to say, hey, look, start reading the Gospel of John. Right, start start with John. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't even go to the New Testament. Just start with Matthew. Start with the Gospel of John, and then you know, in, in the morning times, read read some Proverbs, right? Yeah. And in the evening times before bed, read some Psalms, right? And yeah, then, true. You know what I mean? And then, uh, like, They're I would have been awesome if somebody would have said, "Hey, to read through and understand the entirety of the Bible, you are going to need commentaries. You are going to need help. You're going to need Bible studies." Like you're going to process through some stuff in some of these books and you're not going to know what the heck it's talking about without references. And so it's like Steph and I are going like, what do we wish somebody would have told us when we were first started following Christ? One was, of course, it's okay to be a baby. And number two is the Bible is not easy. No, it's like, not. It is, it is very difficult. It is not like your kids' Bible stories right? Yeah. put together. Like. It is hard to understand. Yeah, there's like funky names in there yeah, that it, you can't pronounce. And so it's like, I wish somebody would have said, hey, here's what to do when you encounter what you feel like might be a contradiction. You know, yeah. here's how to process through that. Like, like, what do you do when you are the, you go to college for the first time? Do you remember this, Steph? You go to college for the first time <laughs> and you step into that college class that sort of rocks your whole worldview. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Like right off the bat. And, and it, it can be any kind of class. It, it can be history. It can be uh, science. Lots of times, some sort of science class. But, but for me, it was like, it was like uh, Psych 101, mm-hmm. Sociology 101 that just rocked my world. Um, and my worldview, like I didn't know what to do. And so when you start learning these things about science, about culture, about, you know, the brain and the human body, and then you're going, how does, how do I relate this back to what I've read about creation or what I've read? Here? Like, how do I take my science knowledge and put it like, you need somebody to help you with those things. And I feel like, I feel like w- w- for Christians, we, we tend to just go, well, read the Bible. Everything's in the Bible, right? Yeah. Every answer you have is in the Bible. Just trust everything in the Bible. And and the, and the, and I wish somebody would have said to me, but it ain't easy to do that. Like it's it's hard to read. It's hard to understand. Yeah. It is extremely complex. It is not chronological. There are things there that um, still don't make sense to me now, right? I mean, like yeah. like I struggle with. There are there are ways that you can interpret situations. Here's here's how to see the history in the word, what the history that the word is pointing to, right? Like actual written history that's documented. And here's here's things that are outside of the Bible that that verify what's in the Bible, right? Like it's not easy to read the Bible. It is difficult. But I feel like Christians, we pretend that it's just so simple. And yeah. it's so easy and there's all the right answers for it. You know, and 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 especially in the day and age we live in now, like you and you're more you're more attuned to this because you're younger mm-hmm. of you know, social media where all of a sudden you've got your little influencer who sits down and cracks open one little verse of scripture and then, you know, is sharing this nugget of wisdom and it just seems so simple. Yeah. And so, you know what I'm talking about? You ever had that happen? Yes. Where you're watching somebody and it's like, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so simple. And then you sit down and read it and you're like, I can't get nothing out of this. Like, I don't even understand what they're talking about, you know? 
Where's my nugget of wisdom? Where's my little my little aha moment where the light bulb goes off and it's just hard for me to get into it. Like I wish somebody would have said that reading the Bible is a is difficult in itself, but then also the practice of reading um the practice of having daily time in the world word yeah. is so hard. Yes. Right? You know what I mean? Like is it okay to admit as a pastor and a Christian that reading the word every day is difficult to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. I've been trying to intentionally set aside time to read in the mornings, but this morning I missed the mark and I was like, okay, well I'll read it later, you know, but it, it's definitely hard to have like a routine. It's definitely hard yeah. to, um, to stay on track. Well, with like it. for me, yeah. I mean like part of my, a big part of my job is teaching the word. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have to be in it. I have to understand it and know it. But then there's this battle that I face all the time of, of reading it just because I have to for work, right? Oh, for, yeah, pastor, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and, I mean, I struggle. Like, having the discipline to read the Scriptures um, on some sort of regular basis, but then also it not just being something you do out of obligation, right? Right, that's so right. It, it's, it's a difficult balance. And I think God wants both. Like, like what it appears to me is God wants us to to covet and value His Word and implant it deeply in our souls, yeah, and make it priority. Which Run would mean, that, yeah, which would mean that we have um, a discipline that forces us to be in it, make it the first part of the day, the last part of the night, whatever ends up being the case. But at the same time. He wants you to love it and care for it, not just in some disciplined way. That's right. You know yeah, what I'm you're saying? Right, you're like, right. Like, like run to it instead. Um, or, or for the best analogy I've ever heard is that we're so in the word, not on some dogmatic schedule, but we're so in the word that when the world cuts us, we bleed scripture. Yeah, and you know that's I mean? hard to do. Yes, that's you know really hard. Because that's do. way more than just. Well, you should read your Bible, right? Because I feel like that's what we give. You know, I mean, this whole point of this series is. Man, I wish somebody would have told me this. It would have been so much easier if somebody would have said, hey, you're going to struggle reading the Scripture. Yep. You're going to struggle understanding. You're going to struggle with where to start. You're going to struggle with um, getting it. You're going to struggle with just the practice. The guilt of it, too, when you don't meet the mark. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to struggle with all of it. You're going to struggle with feeling so inadequate in your understanding of the Scripture when other people around you, social media influencers or pastors or whatever, just seem to have it, they just it just comes to them so easy, you know, and they can read between the lines and pull out the right meaning, and then yes. you sit down to study and you're like, what? I don't I don't even know what you're talking about, right? I can't get anything deeper out of this or whatever. I mean, like, I just wish somebody would have focused more on, and I think this is, I mean, we're not blaming anybody here. We're just no, saying yeah. like, man, this might help you if you are new to following Jesus or. Um, you've been a baby Christian for a long time, you're trying to grow, whatever it is, it may help you to know, hey, look, it, reading the Scripture is hard to do. You know, I mean, it really is difficult. Like, it, it's so easy to quit reading it. It is. You know? um, it it's, truly is. It's so easy to rely on somebody else's interpretation of the Scripture and let that be your Bible reading. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and social media influencers, yeah, once again, yeah. yeah. And pastors, like I tell, so as a as a pastor, as a preacher, um, you know, and in the world we live in, like like just so you know, our church is a modern church, so we got screens, so yes. we put we put scriptures on the screens, right? We put main points on the screens, and it lets people follow along the screens. But what worries me all the time, and I say this when I preach a lot, is please don't let the only Bible you read 
be the one that I'm reading to you. You know, like you don't crack open a Bible. The only time you read the Bible is when you read along with a scripture on the screen with me teaching you or with somebody else teaching you. Like, don't do that. That's dangerous ground. That's right. That's how people end up, you know, when you look at these weird cults, mm, <laughs> you know what I'm talking yep. about? You look at these weird cults, and you're like, how in the world could these people have drank the Kool-Aid? Well, that's because the only Bible they ever read was what somebody told them was accurate. Yep. Don't let that be the case. Like, you don't read and study for yourself. Study and show thyself approved is what the scripture says. Like, you've got to know yourself, and you've got to read it yourself, and you've got to, you know, let it let it cut you open like as it cuts open other people, let it let it let it open up and read you. Because when you read the scripture, the scripture is really reading you. Yeah, it's That's active, the whole point, right? Yeah, it's, it's active. Sword, it's, a, yeah. it's living, right? And and I don't know if it can be active and living in your life if all you ever do is have it given to you by somebody else. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Even if you don't understand in the moment, the Holy Spirit can do much more than you you know can fathom. Absolutely like, yeah. right. And I, I think that the danger is is that we end up quitting on reading the scripture for ourselves and whatever reason, like because it was too hard or because we didn't understand something or because we perceived some massive contradiction that we went, I don't know if I can trust the scripture anymore. And so what we end up doing is going, well, I can't understand it. So let me get somebody around me who understands it better. Somebody learned it, somebody better, you know, whatever it may be. And that has the insight that has the wisdom and I'll just take whatever they say. Yeah. Um, and it's a dangerous spot to be in. You don't want that. So even if you struggle with it, even if it's hard to read, which it will be, by the way, I don't care where you're at. Like I'm I'm pretty well versed in the scripture. I got a lot of education. I got a lot of years. I've taught nearly the entire Bible multiple times in different ways and capacities. And it's still hard for me. Like there's still stuff where I'm like, man, I just do not get this concept. Yeah, and thank you for admitting you know? that. I think people need to hear that a pastor can struggle with that too. It's you know? hard. Yeah. Like, they're, 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 and it's the, all of it. It's all the struggles. Like mm-hmm. I'm saying that I struggle with sometimes it's stuff that I don't understand and I can't grasp it. And then sometimes I struggle with, well, I'll just trust what this commentary writer says, right? And mm-hmm. I won't re- and I won't I won't try to dig deeper to figure it out myself because it's too hard for me. So I just trust what they say, or. Um, I struggle with finding time to, to to dedicate specifically to it, or I struggle with it not just being a task that I have to check off on. That's right. right yep. And it being something that I want to do, that I you know yearn for. Um, I I think that if you are a young Christ follower, um, maybe you just started or you just got serious, you need to know that it's not easy to read. It is going to be difficult. It's going to be hard in multiple ways, and it's okay. It's hard for everybody. Right? Yeah. You got anybody around you who who is telling you that reading the Bible is easy to them, and they understand everything that it says, and they agree with all things, and they they knock their quiet time out every morning, and yet they still find themselves going to the Word at different times. They're lying to you. If it's no not, one does it perfectly. It's not easy. It is not easy. And I'm telling you, I try. Like, I try hard to make it a discipline. I try hard to take the discipline part out of it. I try hard to understand. Like, I love learning and understanding, getting different perspectives, different translations, word dissection. That's cool, right? yeah. Like, I love trying to figure out the real meaning of the, of the Greek here or the Hebrew. Um, I've got an interlinear Bible. And the interlinear Bible shows you um, what the Hebrew text actually is and the order and then the translation and then the same thing for the Greek and the New Testament. So I'm constantly trying to do all that. And yet, consistently, I 
find the reality that reading the Bible is hard to do. Yeah. You know, it is difficult. So I have a question. Yeah. How would you encourage a new believer, like with reading the Bible? How how would you encourage them to um, help them, like resources maybe, or yeah. what they can do? Well, I think first off, like we go back to what we said. If you're looking for a place to start, start with the Gospel of John. And because um, it, it gives you – so the Gospel of John starts different than all the rest of the Gospels, right? So you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. John's the last one, so people don't normally start there. But John starts differently. John gives you this big picture all the way back to the beginning. So you can actually better understand Genesis, which is the first book in the Old Testament, if you start with John first. Because John doesn't start with, and Mary was pregnant, and she had a baby, and an angel came. You know, all this stuff like with the birth of Jesus or genealogy. John starts with this idea that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? He's giving you this this understanding that Jesus, right, has always been. It takes you all the way back to creation and pre-creation and whatever you want to call yeah. those things. So John's always a great place to start. And then you can process through the Gospels as well. What you'll notice if you're a new Christian is you'll notice that if you read the Gospels, you feel like that there's some contradictions. Like, Matthew says that something happened like this. John says that something happened like this, and it's supposed to be the same story, right? And so then you got to process through, well, their eyewitness accounts. What's that mean? Who's the eyewitnesses? From what perspective did they see? Why is this piece recorded here and this piece recorded here, right? you got to work through it. So I'd always start there. And then back to that thing I said in the beginning, like Proverbs is chunks of wisdom. Right? Yes. Read those in the morning time, right? Open up your day and start off with some Proverbs, right? Because you're going to need that wisdom to get through your day. Um, we're getting ready to do a, a series in our student ministry called Wisdom, W-I-S-D-U-M-B, Wisdom. <laughs> and it's basically worldly wisdom ver- ver- versus godly wisdom, right? It's pretty funny. That's um, good, though. But yeah, so it's like wisdom is what it gives you. And then, pro- and then, and then Psalms, they're like poems. They're like lullabies. They're, they're like raw and they just feel like nighttime yes, stuff. Yes, girlies. Right? You know what I mean? <laughs> they just do. They're beautiful. They're poetic. They are very um, – the majority of the psalm writers, they're emotional, right? And so there's this raw emotion that's in them. I always start there um, in, in, in the evening, in with something like that. But as far as um, Bible study goes, like tools, one of the best things that you need is a concordance. You need a get a Strong's. That's the name of the, the the author. So it's a Strong's Bible Concordance. Okay. And what that does is it lets you understand words. So when you see a phrase, you can look in the concordance, and it's not just a dictionary that tells you, but it's like here's what this word means, and this is also where else you can find this word being used. That helps a lot because you'll encounter words in the scripture where you're like, what is this talking about? What does this word mean? Or yeah, like especially if you're using you know if you're using the King James version or a version that may be a little more heady. Um, the knowledge may be a little different. The word knowledge may be a little different, difficult to understand. You check out. A, you need a concordance. A concordance lets you understand the meaning behind the words that are in there. And so you can take a piece of scripture and you can go, let me look at what this word is talking about. Like what does this word really mean? Um, and you can figure it out. So that's a go-to, easy piece of reference material that will help you greatly. Um, and then having a solid um, commentary. So you don't need the 26-volume commentary, right, that has that takes up an entire shelf that's going to cost you $1,000. Yeah. Right? But having one single single um, 
volume commentary for the New Testament and one for the Old Testament. So you end up with two thick books is what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Um, there's tons of them out there. There's all kinds of different ones. The best thing to do is, is if like you're reading, if you read the NIV translation, get you an NIV commentary, right? Um, and there's tons of them you can look at. And some of them, some people are crazy, but most of the stuff you can look mainline, right? And the commentaries help you because they try to explain each little verse what's really happening here, right? Those things are easy. So every Christian, I think, if you're going to study the Bible, you need a few things. One, you need a Bible that you can understand and read, right? Yes. You could also so whatever version that is. I don't. I'm not a version guy that gets all hung up on you know those kind of things. Translations. People. Some people get crazy about it. I read them all, right? Um, but you just pick one. So uh, if NIV is it, you pick that one. Get a concordance where you can check out some of the stuff. Get a commentary, a single you know single edition New Testament commentary, single edition Old Testament commentary, and then get a paraphrase Bible. So a paraphrase Bible is a translation, but it's it's funky. It's like in modern language. So like the message is a paraphrase <laughs> yeah. Bible, right? You don't want to do all the study from that, but you, it helps you. Like you read a verse in the Bible, and you're like, I don't know what this is. What does it say in this one? Oh, that makes a little more sense. Then I can dive into these words and make a little more sense about it, right? Those are the key, key tools. And then I think another thing is um, use Bible studies. Like mm-hmm. use topical-based Bible studies that – or where you're at in life. Like you can pick, you could go right now, Steph, and you could go, I want to study Genesis. And so you get a Bible study on Genesis. You could do that. No problem. That works fine. But a lot of times where we're at in life sort of dictates what we feel like we may need to lean into in scripture. And so if you find yourself um, overly anxious in a season, get a Bible study about anxiety. Yeah. Right. And use the study to go along with you reading the scripture on your own, right? Um, the the Bible app itself, right, was made by Life Church. That's Craig Rochelle, one of the largest churches in America. They made the Bible app. It's actually called U Version, but if you go on to any place where you get apps, it's the top Bible app. That church made that for free. It's been downloaded over a billion times, right? It's completely free. Now, I want you to think about that concept. This is a side note, but think about that stuff. If they'd have charged 99 cents a download, it's been downloaded a billion times, right? But it's completely free. It has every version of the Bible you could ever think of, which you can change it back and forth. But then it has Bible studies on every topic you could possibly want to look up. So what I tend to do is I tend to go, um, like I walked through a long season. We just talked about this a couple times. I walked through a very long season of loneliness. And so what I did was I found a Bible study on loneliness, that then helped me be in the word along with what the author is saying that goes along with it. Like that is so helpful. Um, Cause I think I wish somebody would have told me, right. Yeah. That you can study the Bible based on what you're going through in life and topics. Yeah. That doesn't you know mean, I mean you're like lame for doing that. You can do that. Yeah. And you ought it to draws you closer to God too. I mean, you ought to like you, you are a being that God knows is walking through this life, right? That's why That's Jesus right. Christ identified with everything human. You know, He knows that you're like that. And so he can speak to you and will speak to you through those intense moments of whatever it is you're walking through, which then can allow you to then study the Bible more. Like, for example, if you are a new, you are one, if you are a new wife, mm-hmm. if you're a new husband, there are Bible studies for New wives and new husbands. You know what I mean? Like season. That had to be something negative. Like, 
depression or anxiety or loneliness. Those are the ones I brought up. But it could be, you know, I'm a new father. Like my dad gave me, um, my dad's probably only given me like three books in my whole life. Um, but when we had Olivia, which is our 16-year-old, the first Father's Day Olivia was born, um, which means she was only she was only like a week old because Olivia was born June 1st. And Father's Day is in June. Yeah, right? in, I forgot the in, date. End of June, I think. Like, I don't know what day it is, but mm-hmm. some some Sunday in June, right? Is it the 20th? Something like that, right? Yeah. I think it's like the third Sunday in June or fourth Sunday in June or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If you know, you guys can comment and tell us how stupid we are, but uh, <laughs> it's something like that. I think it's the third We'll Sunday. take it. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's like the third Sunday in June. Anyway, so Olivia was only like three weeks old. My daddy gave me this teeny little Bible study for dads with daughters. Now, my dad ain't never had no daughter, right? He only had two boys. So he don't know. So he gives me this little bitty book. And in it each day, it's I think it's prayers. It's dads. It's prayers for dads or something like that. And on each day, it has a scripture reference, a teeny little bit about the scripture, and a prayer that goes along with it. And that was a new season of my life, and that helped me tremendously. So what ended up happening is, is I would read that little prayer that day and pray it. Then I'd read the scripture, and I'd read the little two sentences that the author wrote about the scripture, and then I'd want to read more about the scripture, right? And so it just prompted me to do that. That had nothing to do with me being looking for a topic. That was just me being a new dad, you know? Yeah. So there's all kinds of tools like that that exist. The vast majority of them are free. Like I was telling you before about the commentaries, you don't have to buy commentaries anymore. There are multiple commentaries that are free um, online. Like, for example, um, Bible Gateway is nothing more than a, a Bible search engine online, right? So you can go to BibleGateway.com, and you can find any scripture, any translation, or whatever. In their tools, they have free commentaries. So you can go and look up the commentary on that particular piece of scripture, multiple commentaries, right? Um, Like there's an old, old commentary. It's hard to read, but it's been free for a long time. Matthew Henry's commentary. That is completely free everywhere. Um, You can buy copies of it, but it's free online. So I don't know. I'm I'm going off on a tangent because I like stuff like this. But does that help? (laughs) It does help. So it's just those are tools, right? Um, but I think the easiest thing to do, if you are a new Christian, you need to be in the word, no matter where, what you feel at the moment. That's right. That's right. No matter what you feel, right. Um, you need to be in it. Um, and I don't care whether you read it and you go, I have no idea what I just read. That's okay. Like you said earlier, the Holy spirit will work through it. It will come up later. And I've also found that, um, just because you've read something, the Bible isn't like another book, like like most of us, there's some weirdos out there that are you're listening where you read the same book over and over again. But the vast majority of us, we read a book and we go, got it, right? And yeah. we'll never read it again, right? <laughs> yeah. The Bible ain't like that. You can read the same verse over and over and over again and get something different out of it all the time. You know what I mean? That's what I love about it. Yeah. All the time. Like you can read something. Like I have I have read through and then taught a particular piece of scripture um, and then two years later, teach it again a completely different way, right? Like get something completely different out of it. There's so many ways you can do that. Like, I'll give you an example. Uh, hold on, I'm going to drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> There's a sound effect John didn't have to do. That was me swallowing. Um, like 
the prodigal son story by Jesus, the parable of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. There is so many layers to that story that you can go back to and different parts of it will hit you. Like, for example, you've got this. So the parable of the prodigal son, right, is, is, is there's a dad and there's two sons. And the one son wants his inheritance right then, and he's ready to leave. And he runs off, and he does all kinds of crazy stuff in the world, right? And he ends up uh-huh. wanting to come back because he's done screwed up. And he comes back, and, and the father is there, open arms, right? And it's a really cool story. Oh, so beautiful. It's a beautiful story. But in that same story, you got the brother who didn't take his inheritance, didn't leave, and obeyed the whole time, who then struggles with his dad fully embracing this son who has run off, Right. And basically said, screw you, dad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful picture of God, but then you get these different perspectives like of the son. And so most of the time we read the prodigal son story and we focus on the prodigal son. We don't focus, focus on the uh, the self-righteous one left behind. The one did everything you, right. Yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like there's so many layers to all those things. Um, and so read read the same stuff over and over again. It's okay. Read it all the time. Um Another one that I wish somebody would have told me is that memorizing the Bible is very difficult to do and is not necessarily something that um, is a mark of maturity in every follower of Christ. That's right. right. Some people have a real gift in that. Yes. Some people have a talent and a skill. Their brains function in a good way. They remember things like that. Some people don't as well. Now, I'm not saying that we sh- none of us should memorize. We should memorize Scripture because yeah. how are you going to bleed it if you don't know it? Write right? it down. Stick it up somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. whatever you got to do. But the measure of your maturity in Bible reading is not your memorization level of Scripture. The measure of maturity in your Bible reading is are you practicing what you are reading, not not understanding Facts. it, not getting it. And so that that can get to something big as a follower of Jesus. Like, And when it comes to this topic— if you, you read it, you practice it, put it into practice. You don't even have to fully agree with it to put it into practice. Yeah. And that's a mark of maturity, right? The mark of maturity is not, I understand it fully, I've got the Greek and I understand all these words, right? But then you don't do anything with it? Mm. I don't even know if you really get it then, right? That's right. Because true wisdom is actually walk. Wisdom is not... Um, the accumulation of knowledge or information. Wisdom is walking out that knowledge and information, Mm -hmm. right? And so you don't give me somebody old who's got a lot of wisdom, and that just means they know a lot of stuff. No, it means they walk out the knowledge and the information that they know. That's real wisdom, right? And so the mark of maturity is like you you can be a baby Christian, you can be new to reading the Scripture, you can struggle reading the Scripture, and you go, man, I don't even agree with what this tells me to do, but I'm going to obey it. Anyway, and the Bible's right? clear about that, about wisdom and seeking yeah. it. And it's more valuable than material things. It, and, it, and you know, the more I actually walk that out, the more I realize it. Yeah. Right? Like a very difficult, it just came up today um, in a, I don't know, we were doing something. I was doing something with some group of people. I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was a staff study we were doing or something. Um, but the, the concept was brought up where Jesus says, you know, that, that, where your where your treasure is, your heart will be also, mm-hmm. right? And so the analogy was, if you just bought yourself a new Jeep, think about what you think about all the time. Well, I don't want my Jeep to get scratched, and I'm going to watch where I park, and I want to keep it clean, and I'm excited I want to drive it, right? It's because 
you treasure the Jeep and that's where your heart and your affections are, you know? Right. And so that was one of those concepts where I didn't, I mean, I've heard, I've preached that, I've heard it said forever, but there was something about the context of that description that made me really go, oh, that makes sense. It's not just about where I put my money, but it's what I treasure in life, right? And that's where my heart's going to be. So let me pay attention to where my heart is, which will show me what I'm treasuring. And yeah. then let me pay attention to what I'm treasuring because that's where my heart will follow to. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and I don't know where I was going with that, but it was a cool thought. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't your heart's going to come out of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know where I was coming with that, but um, I don't know where I, what we were talking about or where we were going. Wisdom. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's cool the way the Bible works this way that – it is. It's alive and active. It self describes itself as alive and active, mm-hmm. um, sharper than a double edged sword, right? Cutting deep to the bone and the marrow of human, right? Of our of our souls and hearts. That it is. It is capable. It is not just written word. It's alive and active word, right? Like going yeah. back to what we said in the beginning. John says, "In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God's." Right. So it's not just words on a page. It's not just a book. It's not just paper. It's not just a manual to live by. It's active. Yeah. It's alive and it's working. It's not what just some people wrote. Yeah. And it's not. And, and, and there's so much more to it. So if you are just in it, period, it is going to work in you. Yes. In various different ways, even if you don't believe it and see it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Even if you don't understand it in the moment, even if you don't even pick up on it ever, that that one particular time where you took time to read this and you didn't even get it is still doing work in you and through you, but especially when you are obeying it or putting it into practice is a better way to say it, even when you don't fully understand it, right? Yeah. You know what and I mean? Yeah, be encouraged because also you'll find that sometimes when you're studying, you'll, you'll suddenly hear it in different places or someone's talking about it. It's all going to connect. Isn't that it's really cool. how that works? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like to, to round this thing out, right? and we won't beat a dead horse, but... To round this thing out, I wish somebody would have told me that reading the Bible is not easy. And so, and that's a kind way to put it. Like the realistic way to put it is, is it is hard. It is difficult on all aspects. And there are going to be tons of parts of it that you are not going to understand, that you may never fully get. That's right. Um, Even when you devote countless amount of time and energy and hours and education and everything else. And that's okay, Right. Because it also reminds me constantly that I'm not God. That's right. You know, and that I have a, I'm finite. He is infinite. And my capacity is much more limited than I, than I want to admit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we as humans, we don't want to admit that we, we're not as smart as we pretend to be. Um, and we can't grasp everything. And so as humans, we really want to get our brain around everything. Well, some stuff you can't get your brain around fully. And especially during certain seasons, you just can't. So um, hear this if you are newer to following Jesus. Reading the Bible is hard. It's always going to be hard. There will be seasons where things will click and they'll make sense, and there will be plenty of them where you don't get it, Um, and that it's difficult to actually embrace the discipline of reading the Scripture um, constantly. Like I know somebody right now, and then I'll wrap up. I I know somebody's okay, Steph. Um, I know somebody right now who is a veteran seasoned Christian. I would call him extremely mature follower of Jesus, 
all the marks of maturity that I know to pay attention to, he does pretty well, right? Um, he ain't perfect, does pretty well. He, for the last three years in a row, maybe four years, but I know three, has used a um, Bible in a year program, right, where you read the entire Bible in one year. Right? Wow. So every day you got your set of scripture you read, and by the end of the year you read the whole thing. So at least three years in a row, maybe four, he has read the entire Bible through every year. He's got the discipline to do that, and he's still coming to me constantly going, Adam, I, this don't make no darn sense. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's cool. <laughs> or I'm doing it, and I'm making myself finish it, but I don't even know if I'm paying any attention. And this is getting on my nerves, and I don't want to do it anymore. But he's forced himself through it. I mean, think about that concept, right? So what I'm trying to say is this is always going to be hard. Yeah. Like this is always going to be difficult. So just embrace the fact that it's not going to be easy, you know, and be okay with that. And ignore all the people around you who are Christians who act like it's not. Ignore them. <laughs> I didn't say be mean to them. I didn't say call them out, right? You can if you have that relationship. But don't take their reality that they're telling you that reading the Bible is super easy um, as truth. Because I'm telling you, it's not. So that's all I got. Yeah, and honestly, I'm going to say this too. There's hope for you. Don't don't get discouraged. So. Yeah. yeah, it's just... You know, it's one of those things like, I don't know, there's lots of stuff in life like this that, you know, you you don't want to do it, but you do it. You don't see the importance of it in certain seasons, but you do it, right? And in the long run, it pays off. It always pays off, but sometimes you can't see the fruit of it, but you do it anyway. That's what reading the Bible should be like. Absolutely. It should be like brushing your teeth. Yes. Oh, right? yes. So like when you're a kid, you do not understand the point of it. But your mom and dad are like, brush your teeth before you go to bed. Brush your teeth when you go. Right. Right. You don't understand it. But you do it. Right. And then when you get a little older, you know, you don't want your breath to stink. So you brush your teeth. Right. You know, because you're and scared your, your breath's going, you know, right. Your tongue. I forgot about that. And, and you know, you don't want to repel somebody because now you're self-conscious. But then you don't really want to do it. And then you get a little older and you're like, oh, I hate brushing my teeth. I hate going to the dentist. But I'm going to do it anyway. Right. And then, you know, and you go through seasons where you forget or you're not as discipline about it as you ought to be or whatever it may be, right? But then you start to see the benefit at different points in times. When you have to pay your own dental bills, you start to see the importance of brushing your teeth. It's a you fact. Know what I mean? Right? And so <laughs> it's – but it's it's never – to me, I don't know about it for you. Maybe somebody out there is different. It's never easy to brush my teeth. Like it's never like this thing where I'm just like, yes, it's teeth brushing time. Yeah, especially right? if you have depression, you know. I mean, it's like, oh, it, yeah. you know, I don't want to do this. I don't – you know. But it's something that you discipline, you make yourself do, and you at certain times you see the benefit of it. It works out well. You see it, even though you don't get it completely right. You know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just hang, like you said, hang in there. Keep doing it. <laughs> and that's all we have to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> that teeth analogy, I did not think through well, so it could be a horrible one, but we're just going to go with so, it. So, yes, um, remember, set up your dentist appointment. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this episode. Stephanie, take us home. Hey, we're glad you joined us. And thank you, Pastor Adam, for all that you shared with us today. I appreciate that. Thank you. You guys check us out on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. That's the only place we are right now. Um, share this episode with other people. Uh, give us a, a, a like a good rating yeah. on uh, Spotify or Apple. 
Um, if you don't want to give us a good rating, if you don't have anything good to say, Mama said don't say nothing good at all. That's so, right. Uh, be nice. Be kind. <laughs> one of the best ways you can share this content is by um, – or you can help this get out, right? Because we ain't making no money off this, right? So best ways you can help this to, to help somebody else is to rate it and to share it. So um, feel free, right? Because <laughs> all we're trying to do is help people with this messy walk um, and help them brush their teeth. That's all we're trying to do. Yes, and set their dental appointments. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you all later. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.